0: This is another episode of On the Grid by Z Prime. Love your energy.
1: Hey everyone, this is Z Prime On the Grid. I am your host, Dylan Lockwood. Joining me, as always, is my co host, Aaron Hardick. Aaron, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well today, Dylan. I got out and had an early morning in the mountains, so I'm a happy camper.
1: That sounds sounds amazing. Uh, I wish there were easy mountains to get to near here, but alas. Um, But anyway, uh, today on the show we have Zach Holman, co-founder of Sunflex Solar, who recently were announced as one of two teams to win round two of the American-made solar prize. Zach, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
2: Thanks, and thanks for having me. I'm doing well.
1: So tell us about Sunflex and the the IBC panels that won you, that won you the round.
2: Sure, Sunflex uh, Solar is a newly founded company um, that has the purpose of commercializing a technology uh, to interconnect solar cells within solar modules um, and improve their efficiency and reduce their costs and improve their reliability in uh, in so doing. And uh, to to get a little bit more detailed than that, uh the technology that the company is focusing on specifically is, as you mentioned, IBC, which stands for interdigitated back contact. Uh those are the solar cells that have all of their metal on the, the backside. So if you look at a solar module, it looks uniformly blue or black and you don't see any uh whitish colored, usually silver metal lines. And those solar cells and solar modules already have the the highest efficiencies on the market because uh, there is no metal on the front side to reflect light away from them. Uh, but they also have the highest cost. And so uh, Sunflex's uh, core technology is a new way to to connect those solar cells together within a solar panel, um, boosting the the power output or efficiency by by six uh, percent and reducing the the cost. Uh, quite considerably. And one of the key ingredients, surprisingly enough, is basically Reynolds wrap from your, your kitchen. It's it's aluminum foil. That's the <laughs> material that we're integrating into the panels um, through, through some new processes that connects the solar cells together and carries the current from one to the next.
0: So, Zach, you mentioned a higher efficiency. Is that where this 6% higher generation figure comes into play?
2: Yeah, that's right, so the efficiency of, of a solar module is the, uh, the efficiency with which it takes sunlight and converts it into electricity. So for the same area of solar panels, uh, higher efficiency means higher power output or electricity generation.
0: Okay, that helps. I was going to ask you to put it into context, because for someone like me who doesn't really understand the technicalities and the engineering behind all of this technology, it's hard for me to grasp kind of what that means, like what that higher percent of efficiency means. So can you maybe explain why this technology not only impressed, but Won the second round of the prize?
2: Yeah, good question. Right, six uh, percent sounds tiny to, uh, to to many people. Right, in in certain industries, like if you said, "Hey, I'm going to make my my computer six percent faster," th- that's nothing. It's gotten orders of magnitude uh, faster um, over the last decades. And then in, in other industries, including in solar, six percent is a is a huge gain. So, if we think about it this way. Um, every year right now, there is 100 gigawatts of solar manu- modules manufactured. Well, that also doesn't necessarily mean uh, much to the listeners, but um, th- that 100 gigawatts would be um, enough to power several hundred thousand homes. So you have enough uh, solar panels being being made every year to to power several hundred thousand homes and if you can make each of those generate six percent more electricity than they did before because you're you're dealing with such uh, immense volumes collectively that's a a huge effect um, on the market so um six percent is a lot six percent it really is a lot for solar and as far as as why the the technology was was positioned to to win the second round of the prize um i think it's it's a number of things so first of all um it has a large impact if it's successful uh certain organizations like i can think of one called rpe likes to ask the question you know um, if it works will it matter and in this case the the answer is definitively yes that six percent um Uh, increase in power output over all the the modules that could be manufactured with with this technology would would really change uh, the rate at which solar is installed particularly in the US and the uh, electricity price so big big impact that's that was one key thing another was that we had um, retired a lot of the risk associated with uh, the new technology meaning that uh, in advance of the American made solar price uh, we had spent three years in the laboratory um, developing this technology with with a, with a former grant also from uh, the Department of Energy and so uh, a lot of the questions that that one would ask when when seeing a new module technology will this work will that really cost that much how is this going to fail etc we'd already had time to dig into those and um, find out the answers and uh, revise as needed.
0: So let's go back kind of to the very beginning I mean, you got this grant, and then you submitted the technology to the American Solar Prize. What made you and your colleagues at ASU even want to tackle this challenge initially, and kind of how did you decide this was the area where you could make a difference?
2: Yeah. um, So it's funny, you know, these sorts of projects usually always start with a big vision. And this one was no exception. The big vision here was, hey, we want to do something uh, about renewable energy, um, about climate change. And uh, we know that solar needs to be dirt cheap and there needs to be um, lots of storage in order to make that happen. But then you start asking Um, questions. Well, what limits the present state of the art? Okay, 95% of the uh, market is silicon solar cells and modules, right? And, um, hey, that's crazy. If I were to install solar panels on my house right now, only 10% of the total cost I would pay is for the modules themselves, the other ninety percent is so called balance of systems it 's the permitting it 's the racking it's the engineer who has to design around my chimney, et cetera, et cetera and so um in that market, I want to put on the most powerful panels, most efficient panels I can, because I pay the same ninety percent of the other costs, regardless of which panels I put up. I definitely want the ones that produce the most power. Then we find out, okay, yes, well, it's the IBC panels that produce the most power and um, ask what's, what's limiting their performance and why aren't they more abundant. So you can see that that was the sort of path we took from uh, big picture thinking and, and a large goal to ending up working on something as, um, as I don't know, the, the minutia of aluminum foil. That was, that
1: was our path. Zach, you you founded this company with your colleagues from ASU, where you are an associate professor. So how have your work and resources in the Electrical, Computer, and Engineering School there allowed you and your co-founders to come up with this panel innovation?
2: Well, um, yeah, Arizona State University has been a really important role in the history of SunFlex and... um, in the history of of, of my research um, in in solar, and and that's because ASU has made a um, a choice to become a, a leader in in solar energy research, and uh, you know most schools in in the country um, have one faculty member, maybe two, that are are doing solar energy related research and. ASU has more than more than ten that are dedicated ex- exclusively to to solar energy research, and in fact, um, I was hired into a, a faculty position just about or primarily about um, solar energy. And uh, part of that commitment from ASU isn't just in 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 hiring, but also in equipment. So there's uh, a unique uh, facility called the Solar Power Lab that has the capabilities of making high efficiency silicon solar cells and modules. Uh, today's state of the art, really, um, on on full industry-sized um, scale, and so this this uh, critical mass of uh, faculty and then students coming from this faculty and facilities um, has has been a, a huge enabler in in uh, solar energy research that I think I couldn't do uh, really anywhere else in the the country, and it was that research that was uh, the the impetus for for um founding Sunflex Solar. So I, I I think we can we can trace a a line um really all the way back to investments that that ASU made um and uh thank whoever made those decisions uh, those investments for for making <laughs> Sunflex Solar possible and not only Sunflex but you know there's been I can think of it, at least five other solar companies that have um Come out of ASU in the last five five years from that same infrastructure.
1: I mean, it's not just the it's it's not just the resources, uh, but also, you know, where your uh, where your team where your team all came all came from, and apparently, I'm assuming where you met each other. So, uh, t- tell us a little bit about your team.
2: Yeah, um, so Sunflex Solar um, has four awesome founders. Um, my co-founders are. Uh, Kate Fisher Kate Fisher is a, a a researcher at Arizona State University. She got her uh, master's degree in Australia, um, studying uh silicon solar cells and metallization on them, which turned out to be super important in this project. And then uh came to the US to to work for uh IBM and then Hanwha, um, solar companies before transitioning to ASU and she and I have had a chance to work together on solar projects since 2014. Um Second uh, co-founder was uh, Jason Yu, and uh, Jason uh, did his his, uh, Ph.D. in in my research group and is now a research faculty member at uh, ASU. Before that, he worked in um, the solar industry in China for a U.S. company. Uh, but uh, in, in Shanghai for, for seven years, becoming the, the R&D manager of that company. Um, and so that both academic and uh, industry experience has been uh, really important in thinking about um, how SunFlex should go about commercializing our technology and also in making uh, contacts within the, the solar industry. And then the, the final co-founder, um, Barry Hartwig, is, uh, is a Ph.D. student at ASU, um, he's in his third year and before that he was working for uh Valspar the the chemical company and uh actually he was doing some work on um on metals which once again became uh, useful in in Sunflex solar so our our team pairs up uh people who have experience both in academia and uh and in industry and um if if Sunflex is successful one day I I think um uh, I certainly will be thanking my my great teammates for for that.
0: Zach, so what role do you feel Sunflex and companies like Sunflex play in the solar ecosystem? Is it this role of like research and innovation and kind of pushing for change, or how do you kind of see your role in the overall? solar ecosystem and kind of like this value that you bring in order to create change?
2: Yeah, that's a great question Um, and one that I would answer very differently probably 10 or 15 years ago. So 15 years ago, um, there was really a solar boom in the U.S. in terms of new company creation and um, there were just tons and tons of solar companies and then uh, most of them, basically all of them, uh, went bust, and it became much uh, more challenging to get investment to to do uh, to to start a new company in solar. And there was a huge amount of consolidation in the market, um, with with most of the manufacturing um, transitioning to China. And so now in today's market, um, you know I think you'd be near crazy to to be a startup company uh, trying to manufacture new cells and modules and compete with uh, the the big companies in Asia. I think you'd also be crazy to um, try to displace and enter into those companies' supply chains. Um, they're, they're basically, no one wants a startup in their supply chain, and that's because you're talking about a really high volume and, in many cases, small, uh, small margin product. Uh, for example, I was... Uh, in a solar cell manufacturing plant in China about over a year ago. And I calculated that they were making a, a million solar cells a day. And that was just in that, that one uh, manufacturing plant. So, uh, with that in mind, I think that, uh, a good way, and I, I won't say it's the only role or o- only possible way for startup companies, but a good way for a startup company to, to add value, um, to today's solar ecosystem is, um, to be innovative and then to translate that innovation to uh, to larger companies to manufacturers, um, and then sort of get out of the middle and that reflects uh, sunflex 's business model um, you know we 've entered into a joint development agreement with a module manufacturer, and we 've spent um, a lot of the last months setting up relationships with uh, those in the supply chain that can um, take what we've demonstrated at small scales and, and deliver it at, at massive scales and massive quantities. And um, if we're successful in in transitioning this technology to um, our joint development partner or, or other companies, then I think there's a possibility that SunFlex Solar doesn't exist in two years and that that's what success looks like, mm-hmm. that it ends with, a, with an acquisition or with a, with a, a licensing outcome. And maybe one final point I'll make on that is um, I had an interesting conversation with a CTO of a large solar company a couple of years ago. And um, this person told me that the company didn't want to be two years ahead in terms of technology innovation, um, that it was too expensive, and that instead they wanted mm. to be six months ahead of their competitor. And so I think that's how a lot of the, the large companies are thinking. And as a result, there's not a whole lot of differentiation between them. And so I think uh, a unique opportunity in a startup like this is um, to be a little bit further out. You know, you can't be 10 years out. Otherwise, it's never going to be pay off. But if you try to only be six months ahead of the technology, you're going to get run over by the, the big players. So um, thinking two years out and then positioning yourself so that when you're only six months out, it's uh, easiest for one of these companies to acquire you or work with you than, than redevelop it on their own. Um, I think that's a good approach. I hope so anyway.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. So I was going to ask you a follow up question, which was, are larger solar companies, these manufacturers, are they doing internal innovation, but it sounds like they're just doing it kind of like on a shorter time frame or like time scale than you guys are doing it. So you hit that sweet spot kind of coming in with innovation after they've reached their, I guess, quote unquote, comfort zone of six months. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I, I think that that's approximately right. Absolutely, these companies are are uh, you know have R&D labs and are innovative, um, and some more so than others. And First Solar here in the U.S. has been going it alone with the cadmium telluride technology for uh, quite some time now, and and they're amazingly innovative. And SunPower also in the U.S. has had a differentiated technology in the market for. Um, quite some time, and they've also been hugely innovative. But it's also cost those companies that have been extraordinarily innovative because they can't get the same sort of volume discounts on their equipment and materials that the other you know, 20 big players can that are using all basically the same technology because they get to sh- share their supply chain. And so that's where the let's not get too far ahead uh, mentality comes from. Um, with those 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 twenty players that are sharing the same supply chain, that's why they say it's too expensive to be highly differentiated, and um, yeah, just as you mentioned, um, I think the startup company has has the opportunity to uh, try to bridge the gap between high innovation and differentiation, and um, still being something that can be taken up in, uh by, by the large companies in the market without getting too expensive.
1: That, that that's that's interesting because I you know. The sort of conventional wisdom is that con- is that competition ac- accelerates accelerates innovation to, to help increase to help increase qualities of, of products, to make them more desirable. But um, what's interesting about this is that you're you know you're sort of saying in, in some aspects, not this is you know this is a generalization, but in some aspects that um, because of the way that advancing because in in tech the advancing technology costs a lot of money that um, there's actually less incentive uh to break out with something new uh and if 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 my framing's wrong please please correct me but uh it, are are there are there are there ways out there to to be on to be on the forefront and still be able to you know sell things at a re- at a reasonable price
2: yeah, and it's an interesting way that you put it. That's not exactly the way that I've thought about it, but some of what you said resonated. And, um, you know, I, I think that these these companies and, and competition in this case um, has has decreased costs of solar panel um, remarkably fast, faster than basically any prediction in the last 20 years. Um, you know, the, the cost of solar panels, I think, has come down by – something like a factor of 10 um, in the last 10 years. It's It's been remarkable. But the amount of differentiation is not enormous. And most of the market, as a matter of fact, if you go back 10 years, there was more variation in the products in the market than there is now. Um, and so it's almost like it's gotten too expensive uh, to go from the cassette to the CD and so the incentive, the financial incentive, is just to keep making better and better and cheaper and cheaper cassettes, if you will. Um, are there ways around that? Yeah. And um, is there ways to, to bring most manufacturing back to the U.S. in the process? At least in theory, absolutely. Um, but what you need to do in, is to get to extremely high uh, volume uh, of production very quickly and very very cheaply. Um, so that's that. That's part of the, the key is it's not just that the, um, let's say, new materials or new devices or new interconnection technology like Sunflex is working on or new coating for the front of your module glass or new racking uh, has to be better. You have to be able to scale it and scale it quickly because the volumes we're talking about are so enormous that if you scale too slowly, even if you're better, you get run over by something else, which could even be just the status quo, incrementally getting better and better, uh, before you ever get to a substantial share of the market, and before you ever get um, to enough volume for your own costs to come down um, from mass manufacturing.
1: It, it is interesting that when it comes to solar, specifically, I guess if if you're making it, if you're making it better, cheaper and that leads to increased adoption that's ultimately a good for the industry and you know for climate change it's pretty good in uh in terms of lowering our carbon carbon emissions uh you know nationally and globally so in that sense maybe you know framing it in, in that framing it in a sort of a in terms of opportunity cost is less is less important than just making sure that the that the tech that the technology itself is being adopted at the level, at the levels we want. Um, but it's still food for thought.
2: Yeah. I mean, if I, if I can comment on that, I, I feel internally conflicted and I, I imagine others working in, in this field do as well. Right. Um, on, on the one hand, uh, uh, I think we, we all want to transition as quickly as possible to, um, renewable energies. And so, cheaper solar if cheaper solar means more solar installed more quickly, then I don't really care how it happens. That's what I want. On the other hand, um from the perspective as of an engineer and and a researcher, um I really want it to be elegant and beautiful and functional and innovative and and all of those things. And um you know, I want Betamax to beat VHS or whatever. <laughs> and then from the perspective of um manufacturing, I, I would love to to see uh, a lot of that happening in the U.S., although at the moment that means typically higher prices and so perhaps a slower adoption um, than if the modules and cells were being manufactured in Asia. Um, and, and the flip side of that is that's only really thinking about manufacturing from the cell and module side. If you think of uh, all of the the job creation associated with installation, well, then once again, cheaper modules, regardless of the technology and wherever they come from, um, is is better. And in fact, the U.S. has a a, a very large and, and booming um, installation market with a lot of jobs. So, like you, um, depending on which hat I put on when I think about it, uh, I, I have different uh, perspectives and opinions on what I would most love to see happen with, uh, with solar technology.
1: Yeah, this stuff's uh, this stuff's pretty complicated when you get, when you get, when you really get in there. Um, so, uh, but I, I guess just as far as like next steps go, uh, now that you've, uh, won the compi- round two of the competition, how will the lab resources, network resources, and prize money, uh, affect, uh, Sunflex's path forward?
2: Yeah, first off I'd just like to say thank you to uh, the DOE, um, the Solar Energy Technologies Office, because this is uh, a huge opportunity and we're really grateful and thankful um, that, that we have this support and that we can try to convert uh, those dollars into into real value for, for solar. Um, so, our next path forward, our next step forward. Um, is to to scale our, our our technology both in 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 physical size. Right now we make um, solar we call them mini modules that are the the complete bill of materials and 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 stack of the final product, but but physically smaller in scale. So we have to take them up to 60 cell modules, and we're working on that. Um, some of that is done in house. A lot of it is done using um, uh, both the the, the network provided to us as part of the solar uh, prize competition and also external vendors, um, and also scaling in terms of, of throughput and volume. And so we've we've entered into a joint development agreement with a module manufacturer that has committed to doing a 10-megawatt pilot run, which means they'll make about 30,000 um, full, full-size modules um, with SunFlex's technology. Um, and that's in, in anticipation of that manufacturer going to considerably larger scale than that, larger volume than that, if, if it works as planned. So that's really where our efforts are focused. There's some other really important points along the way, like we have to make sure that as we go to, to full um, size and, and high throughput, not only are we maintaining the efficiency of the modules and we're actually realizing our cost targets, but we also have to make sure that they're durable and reliable. And that's part of where the um, the DOE national labs come into play. So for example, the National Renewable Energy Laboratory in Colorado um will be doing some, some reliability testing of, of our modules. Those will be third party tests and that'll be really important to take to our manufacturing partner and say, hey look, we've we've made it through these, these standard tests um as expected. So um yeah, I, I think we'd 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 be out looking to raise money right now, uh VC or angel money. Um, if it weren't for the american made solar prize, and I know from doing that with a couple companies before that that can take a lot of time and a lot of effort and instead we get to devote that time effort and 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 money to um doing the technical work that we need to do in order to to get to a product so thanks thanks to the solar prize for that
1: well zach uh thank you for uh talk talking out talking about your your technology and about the solar ecosystem and once again congratulations for uh Winning round two. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity and for the invitation. Naren, thanks for uh, being on and uh, talking with talking with Zach about the solar industry.
0: Of course, thanks, Dylan.
1: You can find our research and media at zprime com. You can find us on social media at dylockwood at Aaron Hardick, at zprime underscore research. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time.